0: In 2020, when the South African economy contracted by a record 7%, the agriculture sector was the only one other than government services to contribute positively to GDP, growing at the time by 13%. In 2021, it looks like an estimated growth of 7%. This is clearly a very important sector for our country economy, and we are today joined by John Hudson, National Head for NetBank Agribusiness, to unpack some of the key issues facing the industry and what we see for the future. John, NetBank Agribusiness, of course, subscribes to NetBank's purpose of using the financial expertise the company has to do good for individuals, families, businesses and society. Can you tell us how Agribusiness fits into this purpose? it's really good to be online with you and to share um, you know, some of Deadbank's views, I guess.
1: But just to start off with, in fact, we've we just had confirmation of the 2021 contribution and it's 8%. So your 7% that you spoke to up front was, was very close to it and that was the sort of estimate. But now we have the final number at 8%, which on the back of 13% is a significant contribution. Um, and as you pointed out, a real value contribution in these difficult times. So so yes, NetBank's purpose, which is, you know, really to use our fu- financial expertise to do good for individuals, families, businesses, and society, is really what gives us guidance when we're looking at our strategy and our contribution to the country. And as Mike Brown has put it, NetBank's purpose, it, it is our North Star. It, it really informs us about our strategy, and it, it really helps us look at society in a different way. And and. And for me, as a Nedbanker, I think this has been one of the most important developments at Nedbank um, is this purpose-driven approach, which really makes us look very deeply, you know, as to what our contribution can be. And from an agricultural point of view, I I think it's critically important because Nedbank's purpose is, is actually underpinned by the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, and, you know, I think that gives us a lot of direction as to what we're trying to do. And if you look at the SDGs, many of them do touch on uh, sort of agriculture. And and so if you just run through a few, for example, you know, whether it's SDG 6, which is water, SDG 7, energy, uh, SDG 12, responsible production and consumption. And in fact, SDG 1 and 2, well, 1 is no poverty and 2 is zero hunger. So if you... If you look at that, there's a lot to it which really underpins our purpose. And from an agricultural point of view, we then really align very closely with it. I think the other important um, part that I'd like to mention is that when it comes to SDGs and the funding of this, if you look at Nedbank, you know, our CSI funding is a small component of what we spend. So, so maybe it's $150 million per, per annum. We, we then have a large lending component. You know, you know we, we probably lend to our client base. Between 180 and 200 billion. So, if you're going to drive change and if you're going to look at creating the future we want, it makes sense to focus on the lending component. So, therefore, in, in that lending at 180 billion, we then align that with the SDGs. And, and I think that starts to give us real purpose as to how we add value to society at large. So, from a net bank purpose point of view, it really does give us good direction.
0: Now, if we just look, you've mentioned the SDGs, and SDG number two is zero hunger. And agriculture in South Africa is a key industry, especially in the turbulent times we have been experiencing, to assist with food security. Now, I believe at national level, we score quite well in terms of food security, but this does not always translate to household level. We definitely can't say that we've got zero hunger um, in our country.
1: Yes, this is quite true. And if you look at the sector, uh, we are a net exporter. So, in fact, we we export more than fifty percent, or around fifty percent of what we produce. So, in that sense, a very well-run, well-structured, vibrant, competitive, worldly competitive sector which has the ability to export food, and that's very important from sort of export earnings, etc. So, yes, national food security is not the main issue; um, it's household food security, and we know that. You know, there's a large proportion of our population which goes to bed uh, hung- uh, hungry. And that's not great because if you've got the one at National Food Security and you don't have it at Household Food Security, well, that can lead to all sorts of problems. And quite frankly, that's the uh, the challenge that we sit with. And it's not only an agricultural challenge, of course, because, yes, while the sector's been growing at 8% and uh, you'd like to think that we food secure at a national level, we need a total um, GDP of the country to, to really grow. So we need the total South African economy to grow. And and at the rates that we're growing at the moment, you know, less than 2% and the most recent volatility in Ukraine and Russia is going to put pressure on that. Um, it's going to put pressure on food prices. It's going to put pressure on the availability of food at a, at a, at a household level. And most importantly, it's going to put pressure on the affordability of food. So all of these things are important discussion points when you're talking about food security, in particular at a household level. So it it does worry me that while the agriculture sector is doing well, the country's not really getting to grips with, you know, the zero hunger, zero poverty in terms of those two SDGs. If we get that right, and we can't do it on our own, so we need the whole country to fire, we need the whole country to create jobs, etc. The one thing I will mention around food security, though, is... Um, currently, there's a large proportion of food waste. So if you look at our, our food systems, um, and, and I must also add, our food systems are quite fragile. If you look at the current disruptions to world supply chains, if you look at the, the looting that happened in, in 2021, it resulted in our food chains being very, very fragile. And, and of course, when, when that happens, when that volatility hits, it tends to hit the poorest the hardest, you know, because their access to food and their affordability food becomes an issue. So, so food waste is, is another key component that we need to think about because up to 30% of our food actually goes to waste. And if you can harness that or recover that um, and then distribute it to needy families. Now, now, you might argue that that's a short-term solution, but in and, and long-term, we need to build a stronger base and economies to grow. But one company or one a non-profit organization that's doing fantastic work is Food Forward is saying, and if you look at their role in terms of recovering surplus food and redistributing it to the needy, I think that's part of the food security debate. And it's a critical component because we want to firstly reduce food waste that has major benefits from a sustainability point of view. It's probably the third or fourth most efficient way to reduce greenhouse gases um, is to recover food and redistribute it. And it also starts to talk to zero hunger. So, yeah, you know, food security is, is quite a complex discussion. But no doubt in my mind it's a major major issue in south africa and it's one that we need to continually work on
0: and what role does netbank agribusiness see for itself in this debate how do you also approach you know addressing food security on a national level well national levels is quite easy and if i take a, a step back netbank had a specific
1: focus in terms of agriculture and the value chain, so both primary and secondary production, as we call it, for the past 10 years or so. So we have fairly recent entrants, but I think, you know, 10 years ago, we recognized the value that agriculture can bring to the uh, total society, you know, and, and really over the last 10 years, NetBank has worked very hard at its focus in agriculture, whether that's at the commercial level and whether that's at the emerging farmer level as well. And and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But from a commercial point of view, we, we have steamed ahead. I mean, we have continued to support our farmers. We have seen fantastic growth in certain sectors. And and quite honestly, the last two years, and potentially a third year, 2022 is looking a bit more tricky, but 2020, 2021, as you said when you opened up, It has been very good years. So I think the banks have been part of that. We have been part of the support. We've been part of the growth. I mean, if you look at the citrus sector and the expansion that's taken place there and the increasing exports, you know, that are going to continue to increase over the next three or four years. Those are all fantastic stories. The one major issue I have, though, is that while we're doing well on that front, we're not necessarily tackling some of the structural issues that face the sector. And, and this could be land reform, it could be water reform, it could be the investment into infrastructure. We find that the infrastructure is taking a beating. And, and quite honestly, the floods of late are not helping with that. The uh, port efficiency, the rail efficiency, the roads, etc. All of these are really important aspects that we need to deal with as a sector. So I think if we get the structural right, there's enough investment from private farmers and private businesses into agriculture. We need to continue investing in the total sector, which includes government investments into key things like infrastructure, to make sure that we really attract investment into the sector. And that to me is critical. We get that. We continue to thrive. And I think bringing through emerging farmers and really assisting them in terms of how they participate in the uh, commercial value chain is going to be critical. But we need to do that off a very strong base. And I think we need to do that off a position which is strong as a country so all of this can contribute. It's not about splitting the pie up, existing, and, and, and into smaller pieces. It's actually about growing the pie and bringing people, you know, on that journey. And and that's what's so exciting for us. There's a lot of work currently, whether it's internally with our, our foundation and uh, Nedbank Legacy, uh, Nedbank Green Trust, sometimes with our partners like the World Wide Fund for Nature, etc. A lot of work in understanding what this means at a at a small scale level but we are also engaging with government, for example, on the blended finance scheme. And so some of those are starting to take hold and we hope the blended finance scheme comes into being being in uh, 2022, because I I think that's certainly a step in the right direction.
0: So John, for a while now, our employment statistics have painted a bleak picture and uh, don't necessarily see this changing um, in the short term, but what role does agriculture already play in providing gainful employment and what role do you think it can play in the future for our population?
1: Well, I think you're quite right. I think one of the challenges that we sit with is that farmers like most businesses in South Africa are having to do more with less. So the whole efficiency, whether it's through precision farming, whether it's through mechanization, whether it's you know, through a number of factors, they're having to be or stay really efficient their sort of productivity levels. And I guess that whole thing of doing more with less is speaking to that, needs to increase because that's the only way that they can stay competitive worldwide. So I, I think, unfortunately, what we've seen with the productivity that and with the improvement in precision farming, etc., we haven't quite seen the same growth in jobs. So I think agriculture has held its own. And, you know, we need to bear in mind that to agriculture, agriculture, the latest figures uh, reflect about 830,000 employed in the sector. But it, it goes beyond that because it's all the, you know, linkages backwards and forwards, which also employ people. So I think its impact is far wider. And that's probably the point I want to make is that the direct employment numbers at, say, 830,000, we need to grow that without a shadow of doubt. But to do that, we need to grow the sector. And, and I think if we grow the sector, it means that there's a lot more opportunities up and down the chain. So whether it's in the, in the sort of manufacturing or agro-processing or the input size, etc., you see more people being employed in the sector, and that's good. If you go back to you know, plans like the National Development Plan, it was an excellent plan. I don't think it quite saw the light of day, and you know, it's, some aspects came through well. And if we see some more recent plans which certainly are focused on, on employment as part of it. So the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan, and, and we see the sugar master plan, for example, and the poultry master plan coming into being. All those do talk to job creation as well as, as a component. I mean, they have to be self-sustaining financially in the longer term, but they need to create jobs as well. And so I see, I see agriculture as, gee, it, it's almost a glue in the South African economy. If we're investing in agriculture, you're bound to see jobs being created along the entire value chain. So I think agriculture has a massive contribution to play from a job creation perspective. Ask, and, and I have spoken about citrus and the, the extreme growth in the, in, in, in the citrus value chain and that, and that no doubt will will lead to more employment. I think the one thing I need to caution over is that sort of agriculture can be quite volatile. So it depends on the seasons. You know, if you're good seasons, bad seasons, we've had good seasons, but that can also result in numbers shifting up or down. So sometimes a snapshot can be a bit misleading if you look at it short term. But there are some new sectors coming to to the fore. And what I really liked about the Sona speech and the president spoke about taking away the red tape, you know, I think that is critical. So if we if we look at cannabis, for example, which is showing great potential, and we have clients that are investing in that. Um, so with no doubt they're investing because there are potential returns. What appears to me, though, is that the hoops they need to jump through and the lead time to get you know into production is you know three years or more and that's a long time for people to have capital tied up and and, and invested and and you know whether you do you get there or don't you so i need think we need to streamline that we need to look at how we bring some of these high growth uh, opportunities like cannabis for example and how we bring them to an operational point far quicker than what we're doing now. And to a large degree, government's got a major role in that. You know, they, they've got to make sure that the regulatory envi- environment and, and everything else that goes with it that it really allows for these emerging enterprises to take hold.
0: So, I mean, there are various other themes around agriculture that we could also discuss today, but what is clear is whether it's for food security or contributing to bringing in foreign exchange and working on our country's current account balance, agriculture definitely plays an important role. And we hope that we see some of these initiatives like blended finance come online and also the red tape removed, which was promised to further support the sector, which you, John, have rightfully called the glue. In our economy. And that was John Hudson, National Sales Head for NetBank Agribusiness.